Hi, and welcome to the Flute Talk Podcast, where we talk about all things flute and answer your questions live on YouTube. If you want to help us out, be sure to subscribe to our channel and add us to your podcast feed over on iTunes or Google Play. And if you want to represent TFC, head over to our merch store for t-shirts, stickers, mugs, and posters. You can go to designbyhumans.com slash shop slash the flute channel. We all need sheet music, and we're proud to announce that we're working with Sheet Music Plus, home of the world's largest sheet music selection, and is a proud sponsor of the flute channel. Listeners will receive 15% off their order with the coupon code TFC15. So be sure to go and check out Sheet Music Plus for all your sheet music needs. And the coupon is good until July 31st, 2018. Finally, if you're looking into buying a new flute, be sure to check out the Flute Center of New York at flutesforsale.com. With our code TFC at checkout, you'll be able to try up three flutes or piccolos for 10 days, and whichever instrument you choose, you get an extended 18th month warranty on it. So be sure at checkout to put in the special code TFC at flutesforsale.com. Now on with the show. Hi everybody, welcome to the Flute Talk Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Emily. How's it going, Emily? Very good, how are you? Good, 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 good. So yeah, we got plenty of things to talk about today, um, but the main thing was about talking about starting or returning as an adult, and we get a lot of people like that, and I was wondering for you, like when you have some adult students sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, we can talk a little about that, and like things that you notice in between all of them, or things you don't, uh, you only notice in particular people, and also you can let us know in the comments, you can leave us questions about this topic, or about anything about the flute. And we'll be sure to answer them. We already got a few in the pipeline already. And Did you want to start with the... Yeah, what we were talking about before, but just to let everybody okay. know. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. Um, you mean, what do you want to know? Like the difference that I see between kids and adults? or That could be one aspect too, for sure. I think that's interesting too. Like what, uh, how maybe they learn a bit differently. Maybe there's a different way of uh, approaching them. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, learning is learning in a way. But I think sometimes for adults, it's a, it's a very courageous thing. Mm-hmm. Because adults are usually used to be um, good at what they do most of the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, for a kid, a kid, he goes to school, he's learning how to write, how to read, how to do math. He's making mistakes. He's, he's learning everything. He's not really mastering anything yet. So kids are already in that state. Right. Of, but adults, let's say at your work, uh-huh. you usually don't make many mistakes uh-huh. if you want to keep it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't, you're usually, people are usually good at what they do. Sure. Uh-huh. But then they put themselves in this situation that is more vulnerable. Uh-huh. And I think sometimes uh, some adults I feel might uh, judge themselves a bit harshly. Okay. And, uh-huh. um, yeah, maybe they're not in a, a patient enough with themselves, I think, because they also sometimes I feel adults think that kids learn faster than them. Mm. And they think, oh, I'm too old now, I can't learn. And it's not exactly true. Some things kids will learn faster, but some things adults learn faster. Because mm-hmm. uh, concepts, you know, a kid some at some age, you can't understand certain concepts. It's a question of where you are in your development it's a developmental there are stages in development and yeah. there are concepts you can't understand before a certain age so for concepts you know sometimes with uh, with adults it's a bit easier mm-hmm. i think adults 
sometimes uh, they try to control too much okay. and judge themselves too much. That's what, because they can learn very mm -hmm. well. It's just that thing maybe of remembering what it is to just let go of uh, wanting to be perfect. Mm -hmm. That's how I perceive it. Mm -hmm. And when they do, they stop judging themselves. Right. Usually it, yeah. uh, they learn very well. Mm -hmm. How are, like, for me, like, I wonder, like, with adults, like, what are the um, things you notice they're the, they're, they're the most strong at when they first begin? Like, are there things that most of them usually kind of get that you're always kind of surprised? Like, oh, most of my adult students kind of get rhythm a bit better than... Um, like reading tone. notes mm -hmm. usually they yeah. do that quickly they yeah. understand that quickly mm -hmm. and they're used to reading in general usually right. so for them it's mm -hmm. probably easier than for little kids mm -hmm. it's not that easy you know recognize all those notes on the staff yeah totally especially if you've never seen it before you if you've know? never seen it before you're like what is this right okay. yeah and um rhythm it depends but i I try not to be shy to do the same exercises I would do with a kid for rhythm mm -hmm. because rhythm is rhythm and whereas all human beings, no matter the age, what the age is and mm -hmm. rhythm is a very physical thing that you have to feel. So there's not that many ways to learn how to feel it, mm -hmm. you know, and then understanding it. I don't teach that differently between me. Yeah. adults and, kid, and, and kids. Mm -hmm. I don't... The lines really blur between each other. They're really kind of the same well, thing personally, almost. Well, personally, I don't... Uh, I don't know if there's people that have different opinions that want to share it, but... Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's more each person... Sure. ...than their age group. Cause the individual. The individual. Right. Because each person is different, you mm -hmm. know? Some people have... They require different approaches, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. we all have... We all have... Um, our strengths and our weaknesses yeah. and they're all different from one person to the other yeah. i can have two five-year-olds and i can have two 45 mm -hmm. year olds they're not going to be the same so do you it's, find it that's why it's amazing yeah. to teach privately mm -hmm. so you can adapt to everyone right so do you find that you don't ha you don't use one single cookie cutter type of method for each person or is it something that really is different to each person because you have to know different ways of teaching them well i have a i have like a path that i follow but mm -hmm. you okay. know i i have to adapt to each person that's amazing yeah when i have a student i try to look at the person and see okay um really see that person because mm -hmm. sometimes i think we are looking at ourselves in a way because i've had teachers that just repeat what they were told mm. like they're mm -hmm. teaching themselves in a bit yeah. like they're not really looking at you and let's say they say they're projecting push your shoulders maybe. down right okay right, right, oh right. don't don't let your shoulders go up push them down because mm -hmm. that thing helped them yeah when okay. they were a student so they think everyone needs to hear that that's the that thing they have to use them. yeah because that's yeah that's what yeah what right. tells me that, that that's gonna lot. help my student i mm -hmm. have to look at my student mm -hmm. it's a bit like a doctor has to uh, examine you right and make a diagnosis and do a series and of tests. then after yeah. the diagnosis yeah. you can say what the medicine is mm -hmm. but we give medicine before diagnosis sometimes right mm -hmm. so i try to observe and see what is the diagnosis? Because sure. it's not a one size fits all. Like no. because my teacher told me that when I was fifteen, mm -hmm. and it really helped me. It's gonna help everyone. No, because some people don't have that difficulty I had. 
and but might have other difficulties. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I try to huh. really observe the student, and yeah. But I, I like adults because they, you know, they have this understanding mm -hmm. concept. They're usually motivated. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and they just they're they're kind of yeah they're absorbing information differently and they're looking yeah. at life a bit differently at a different pace. Sometimes they're a bit more judgmental with themselves. And I think yeah. that's that's mm. keeping them a bit, mm -hmm. sometimes, some of them, you know? Right. And that, that's even with the professional musicians. A lot of professional musicians are very tough on themselves. Or, yeah. you know, they listen to that inner voice There's an much. age where we start to... Well, there's yeah. even kids that do it. Right. There are kids young, do it, but a lot of kids don't do it, but though, But a lot of right? kids are in the yeah. playing yeah. type of mentality. In the moment type of playing type of stuff, yeah. yeah. And then it slowly kind of changes but that could be a whole other but topic. also it's because maybe with kids we we feel oh they're kids right. yeah no right, like the right, other right. day uh, mm -hmm. we saw an interview with uh, that guy uh, gordon ramsey yeah gordon ramsey right and the person was telling him oh you're um you're so nice with the kids at the but you're so rude right. with the adults or yeah, something yeah, yeah. it's like yeah I'm they're a, kids I'm what am i gonna monster, say yeah. to a i'm not a monster yeah, i'm not a monster <laughs> i think adults put that but if you just started you're like mm -hmm. a kid you know we like we right. should always treat each other like we're all you're we're a debutante still kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah you're always there yeah, <laughs> we're always right. the little kid we were i guess sure you know? sure and you're learning something you have to mm. be yeah but also like because you said some people that start as adults so um but i'm always impressed yeah. because adults can really learn from scratch okay. i've had students past 60 years old mm -hmm. learning they didn't know how to read a note Whoa. a rhythm nothing incredible and learn all the fingerings, all the notes, like we're able to read. Hmm. Wow. Do scales, understand a little bit of theory. Like I could have done more with them, but right. sometimes some people are not that interested in theory. So I just do what's really necessary to be able yeah, to Yeah, really play. get what they do. So that and, um, and then you have other people that have played. Yeah. A like very high level. Yeah, like high school, maybe a very high in American high school or yeah. a conservatory or lessons for most yeah. of their teenage years. And then they stopped. Right. Sometimes they, start, they continue to play, but without lessons. Sometimes they develop uh -huh. some bad habits and then they get lessons again. And that's very interesting because, mm. like, I've had a lot of students over 60. Right, over 50 and... Over 60 and 50 years old, wow. Yeah, Amazing. a lot. And mm. even if they had, like, I've seen people that have uh, had a bad habit for decades mm. and they improve in a matter of weeks. That's it's amazing. incredible. Like, our brain is an amazing thing. I'm always amazed when I teach people, like kids or adults. Right. Like, wow, sometimes I just stop and I contemplate. Mm -hmm, and I'm mm -hmm. like, this person knew nothing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it makes me a bit uh, emotional. <laughs> you know, I love that. That's what I I'm like, wow, now this person can do all that. Mm -hmm. It's, like, we have to uh, admire that. Exactly. It's amazing. It's amazing. How it's we true. can learn. Mm. It's incredible. Mm. And it's beautiful. Mm. And sometimes maybe we don't think enough about that. We think about what's what we still have to learn. And what yeah. we, and it's, it's good, but... Mm -hmm. It's good to look back sometimes and say, wow, that's the, that's the road a, I, yeah, I that, that you took, you know, took and I accomplished all that. Mm -hmm. But it's it's crazy. And, and even, you know, they before you, they used to say uh, you, you don't make new neurons as an adult. 
and now they're discovering that it's not true yeah, in some parts do. of the brain yeah, you actually, actually do, do. Uh -huh. and also your brain is always changing and transforming you always make new connections and so you can learn all all your life anything uh -huh, you want to learn uh -huh. you know it's just about um mm. being um i guess uh, how do you say that uh, systematic oh yeah systematic you know, yeah yeah hmm yeah. interesting let's go uh diving into yeah. the questions now uh one question sort of relates to that as like Zabeth444 wants to know, do you ever find that returning adults have learned bad habits that are difficult to unlearn? Yeah. Uh -huh. I've seen that, but difficult to unlearn. Once the person is... What is difficult? Until the person doesn't see it and feel it, they're uh -huh. going to still do it. The, the, um, how can I say that? My role as a teacher, or any teacher's role, I think, is to make the student aware mm -hmm. of what... Of, because I can tell you, you're pushing the air too much. Like, you start an out, and then you push the air after... You push air all the time. Your airflow is not stable. Mm -hmm. You'll trust me. Right. But you'll still do it until you really feel it and hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So the... I feel the turning point is when the student really feels it and is aware. Like, 10 people can tell you you're doing something. It's not that you're not trusting them, but if no. you don't feel mm -hmm. it, mm. you're not going to improve. So that's what I, where I find the, the point, uh, the turning point the is. The turning point is. And mm. when this, I can really see it when the student, oh, you know, you have those ah mm -hmm, moments. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. And yeah. that's always funny to me because I know yeah. I'm right. I've been saying that for a while. Yeah. But now you know. And when, when you feel it, that's why I think the mirror is so good. I think listening right. to yourself. Or even sometimes I imitate my students. I will exaggerate what they're doing so that they can really hear. And then I say, now do it again. And you'll, mm -hmm. oh, you're oh, right. Yeah, I you're do right. this. Exactly. You know? I will say that's what you're doing and now here I'm going to show you what I want you to do instead. Mm -hmm. So they have a point of reference and they can really hear because just saying to someone is not enough. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. So that's why sometimes it's difficult to change if you're mm -hmm. not truly aware. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Um, going Also diving in a little bit more um, about... Uh, People who, like, what are some, like, there was one question by Victor Coco. He was asking, what um, album should everybody have in their library that, uh, to listen to flute playing, you know? I, I know there's, know. Well, I know there's, like, great, that great Baroque player. So if you want, oh, what was it? Kuiken. Kuiken, like, K-U-I-J-E-N, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, Barthold Quigen or Quigen, yeah, he's yeah. A, he's the a, whole family is that whole family well is known. a very well known Baroque music. So music from the six, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, uh, early like yeah. uh, essentially Bach and stuff like that, like Bach sonatas yeah. and stuff like that. Those are pretty good. There's, I like, there's um, a, Michel Debose's live albums are good. He has a series of set oh. stuff that's really good. He has a series of seven albums that are pretty good. And it has all the repertoire, most of the major repertoire. I think that there's some compilations as well. Like if yeah, you don't want to get that many, there's compilations with different flutists. Yeah. And 
different classics of the flute. Um, Holy! Which some of them are very good. Yeah, some know? of them are good because yeah. maybe you don't want to buy. Yeah. Too many albums. But if we were if we were naming off all of our collection, it, it would, would, it would take, take half forever. an hour. You know, it takes and thirty we, minutes. And people would stuff. still comment that we forgot. Yeah, we forgot stuff. Yeah. First, we don't have everything, yeah. and we can't pick yeah. everything because there's so many amazing albums. Right. And we always tend to want to go right onto YouTube, but not all the best stuff is on YouTube at all. So yeah. be careful because there are better things out there that you should invest a little bit of money in and uh, listen to, you know. And sometimes, you know, you um, what? You know the, 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 Pila, <laughs> the Piazzola, the Piazzola mm -hmm. album that we love. Yeah, there's a, it's a Cécile lady. Cécile Daru. Yeah, Cécile Daru. That's, Cécile the, Daru. that's the performer. She is... The I think she's dead She's dead. Now. She passed away several years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's so sad. It's a great recorded album. She was album. an amazing flutist, yeah. but she was not that known. No. I didn't know her. Like, I went yeah. to the music, to the CD store, mm -hmm. the, and I, I said, I want a version of that. They gave me a few CDs to listen to. Yeah. They let us do that. Because you were listening to Piazzolla stuff, because she did something about Piazzolla for you, yeah? I or was, was learning a Piazzolla study, and I yeah. thought, I'm going to buy an album and just listen to it, right. you know? So I went to the store, mm -hmm. and that's how I found her because I said, "Can I hear your versions?" And mm -hmm. I heard like three versions, and that was the best one. Right. But she was so amazing and I not that to. known. So, like, there might be others that we don't know of right. that are great. Yeah, but there's publicists and all those yeah. things that that push. Yeah, like yeah, what makes some people amazing and never known? Right, you exactly. Know? It's it's totally true. So I, I'd be like, curious. I think she had a good career, but maybe yeah. For the talent that she had, what I, I heard was just yeah. Great. I agree. That's probably one of the best mixed albums in classical music. I thought it, like it's really really good for. It's ensemble. a Piazzolla album. With yeah. Cecile Daru. I think one could leave Amazing. it in the description for sure. Yeah. A link to to that because it's really an interesting thing. So yeah. I like the album of. Um, with Martha Argerich and uh, and Galway, Galway. Oh, yeah, Martha Argerich and Galway, very good album. Because Martha Argerich is, uh, I think she's my favorite pianist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and there's a lot like, of like Gould's amazing. my Gould's my favorite, but like I like listening to like those types of players in other instruments too to yeah. kind of get understanding of style mm -hmm. because the, every instrumentalist has different interpretations of different yeah. styles. And even going to master classes of other instruments. Yep. Even totally. if you're in your city, there's a conservatory or a university, and sometimes you can learn they a have, lot. You they can have learn those lot. things, yeah. and it's open to uh, yeah, everyone. Yeah, there's open classes, open master classes, yeah. or free master classes. You can just, or sometimes it's ten bucks. Yeah, you know, or yeah. It's usually, you learn a lot from those things. You learn, like for me, when I go to those types of things, I always learn a lot about presentation, about how to, how to perform, how to get out there, and and uh, getting being control on the stage, and you know stuff like that. Yeah. It's very interesting. I learned to I. I kind of refine my teacher skills because I try to, I'm like, okay, what would I say and what's this person saying? And, and how, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you scout. You scout and get information for sure. Yeah. Um, and going back to that again is like, what would you say is the most standard repertoire? I know Melody Yee, she was asking that in the, in the community page. Well, you um, have a few concertos. Yeah, there's like the, like the I would Mozart's say, yeah, and... like top 10 is like, the two Mozart concertos, at least G major and D major, and then Bach sonatas. Yeah. Handel then the sonata. French book. The French book, 
if you want to count that as one. French composer, French music by French composers, I think. Something. Yeah, Louis Yeah, but it's not him, not the composition. No, he he made the collection. Yeah, and that's usually a the most standard those that's a standard french repertoire of the 20th century right or 19th and 20th century no it's yeah, 20th century like beginning yeah. of the 20th right. yeah, yeah I think. that's really good um and you can get all those sheet music on sheet music plus i'm sure and you can use our code but uh yeah like that what's what the else? code again tfc, TFC 15 TFC and it's still 15. only i think there's only two weeks left or one week left and then yeah i think that's it for that deal <laughs> but it's a good deal and you can definitely get a lot of stuff from that but yeah, what else? Um, yeah. Well, there's cinq ans du tilleur. Yeah, that's a bit. Those are like I would say Poulenc is more about Poulenc that. Poulenc is amazing. Poulenc is like what everybody kind of oh, learned. Oh, you have Jane Rutter. Prokofiev. Yeah. Prokofiev was written for flute. Yeah. Everyone, not everyone, but, but sometimes everyone plays people it, think though, it's yeah. uh, it's was written for. Um, violin. For violin. No. In the contemporary style, like Takemitsu's pieces are. Yeah, and Density Twenty One Point Five. Yeah. Syrinx. Yeah. Um, you also the Handel sonata are so beautiful. Handel sonatas should be, are in there too. Uh, Telemann sonatas, also. Some um, Vivaldi. The like Blavet concerto. The Blavet Quans, and Blavet sonatas concerto. are really tough, but they're really good. Quans concerto, yeah. the Vienne's concertos, like the oh, number yeah, those seven ones, is beautiful. Yeah, everyone, a lot of people play those things. I gotta learn those. Even those ones, I've never heard about them, but like, I there's a, not enough time to learn everything. Vienne, um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But like big standards are like that, like box sonatas and Poulenc. Everyone plays it. It's part of most things. Poulenc is very beautiful. Um, and Martineau. Martineau, yeah. Burton, that's an American one. Burton Sonantina. There's so many, but that's like Lieberman. those are, Yeah, Lieberman, those ones are like, yeah, those are it's advanced, advanced, advanced. It's like Chandlinos by Jolivet. It's, but yeah. it's so advanced. Or right. Perio Sequenza yeah. is part of the canon of the flute, sure. but it's so but I mean, uh, beginning, But I mean like the standard rep is in like what most people yeah. usually play. Because not everyone's going to play the, um, what's his name? He was a conductor as well. Uh, Bernstein? No, no. First no. I wrote something French. for flute. French. No, uh, Boulez. Oh, Boulez. Boulez, Boulez Sonatina. Sonatina. Yeah. Like, it's part of the flute canon, but... Yeah, <laughs> extraordinarily <laughs> difficult. They're difficult. Yeah. And not everyone likes that type of music no, either. No, exactly. So, yeah. So, Ferru's yeah. three pieces. Yeah, Ferru three pieces, Jade, and all those types of things. Those are, people play that a lot. That's in the public domain. There's U Fantasy. Yeah, the U Fantasy. Takishvili, a lot of people play that. Iber Concerto. Iber Concerto, which is oh, yeah. I-B-E-R-T. Iber Concerto, a lot of people play that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot. So there's a huge, the standard repertoire is large. And it does keep growing. Like, major sonatas are usually written every couple years that are added. Like, I know. And concertos. Yeah, and concertos. Like, Ran, Shmulet Ran wrote some stuff too. And, uh, yeah, there's so well, much. The, Nina Rota wrote stuff, too, as well. There's this the guy, Gary Shocker. We played yeah, Shocker. a piece by him last year. It was yeah. so nice. Shocker writes so a lot cool. of sonatas. He writes a lot of stuff. He's a big, prolific writer for Very the cool. flute. And uh, what's the other? Maya by... Um, oh, Ian Clark is Ian another Clark. one. He's he, being introduced slowly into the repertoire. He writes. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear him, like, write a sonata and stuff, too, just to see how he would evolve on the form, mm-hmm. you know? Or, yeah. And really call... I know he has... He does use sonata form in the music he plays, but, like, really a sonata yeah, yeah, to try to... Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so hopefully that helps. Uh, we have, a, I think, a, an article as well for, a, and it's a growing list of like standard rep and where to find it, if you can buy it or if it's in the public domain. It's on our on our website, theflutechannel.com. Um, here's another good question. Uh, Expel Beast wants to know, actually, they're starting a music school and they're very excited but nervous of what to expect from our experience. Uh, was there anything that shocked you in the first year of your undergrad about the people or how quickly different things like ensembles were introduced and did you have individual lessons at the same time each week? Thanks. We'll start backwards, I think. Okay. Uh, I had individual I had individuals lessons too. Every yeah. week at the Every same week. time. Every week at the same time, yeah. Um, yeah, and then ensemble stuff starts right away. You you, you audition and stuff. You, you do the, those yeah, show you up audition right away. And then, and then you get starts. in or not, yeah. Um, I was, I was uh, very happy and impressed because I thought, wow, it sounds good right away, you know, when I got sure, to sure. that level. Yeah. I was so happy about that. Right. But it's more, you have mm -hmm. to know your stuff. Because mm -hmm. first rehearsal, usually, yeah. you're not learning the right. piece, you're yeah. playing the piece. Mm -hmm. And then the conductor will want to work on details. But exactly. It almost sounds professional sometimes, some totally. universities. Yeah. Um, other things to expect, you know, like for me, it's really, it was about um, the, the balance of uh, being social. Because in university or in college, you're very, very, very encouraged to be social and to be part of things. And, you know, uh, some schools have party lifestyles and stuff. I would try to, if I knew what I knew now, I would try to not do that as much. And just because it sort of takes a lot of time out of your day and then you get overwhelmed when and then things get difficult. And then you realize, oh, my God, I can't do this. But it's really because you kind of allocation of time. You didn't manage your time. Right. Really. Yeah. So I would encourage you know focus on your studies. This is a, it's a place there to explore your your ability as an artist and be a little bit social. But it is a very very real thing that um, that I notice with a lot of people uh, that it's the social circles workload. I remember it's a huge workload and being social and like being in, in stuff harmony like that stuff. course. I would put. Five to eight hours a week on right. like yeah. every week, yeah, yeah, every just week. to do the the work yeah. well, you know, because right. I wanted to have good grades and sure. I wanted to succeed. And but everything, you know, play, playing three hours, like yeah, managing time. Oh yeah, is yeah. a very important thing because yeah. you don't want to midterm. It's mm -hmm. all at the same yeah, time. Yeah, like, it's all the same time. Yeah. If you wait last minute, you're not going to oh, yeah. be able to make it. Yeah, and I think yeah, if you do that, your stress levels will be so low. You know, like you'll you'll if you're able to manage your time, well, it's way yeah, less it because be it's just because I noticed <laughs> so many people that it was that was the case. They they were more social than they were applying their their stuff. I think maybe the way to see it is I'm building myself right now. Of I'm course, investing right. for my future. It's an interesting it's, time, right? Because you're a kid. You're still a kid, and then you're sort of an adult. It's this mix-up of, you know, exploring yourself and figuring it out. But there's, like, so many things you can do in that time frame when you're there, you know. Yeah. It's crazy. But if it's you make a schedule and you Yeah, a schedule can help, for sure. You know, and... And prioritize those times. Have also time for yourself to, like, break times, you know? Yeah. have Have real break times, even... Couple, you know, I remember yeah. what I did, and that was so helpful. Let's say I had a music uh, history class. <laughs> <laughs> I would have. I would during the next 
24 to 48 hours, I would sit down and reread my notes and maybe correct them a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. And because I had read somewhere that if you do a revision in the next 24 to 48 hours, you'll retain, I don't remember the numbers, but it was like 70%. Mm -hmm. And if you wait a full week, then you you forgot already so much, you know, you remember like 10%. Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. Okay, don't, like the percentages are not no, uh, accurate. Not finite. <laughs> yeah, not finite. Yeah. They might be, they might mm -hmm. not be, but it was something like, so I thought that's such a good investment of my time to just reread my notes. Mm -hmm. before I go to bed mm -hmm. in my bed mm -hmm. takes what 20 minutes you read that you go to bed and then when I had to study for the final exams it was like a piece of cake because it was like already ingrained in my memory way better mm -hmm. so that was a little trick that I thought was very helpful mm. and even when I had my private lesson I would sit down and just be like what did she say okay, then that's going to be my goal this week to practice. Right. Like, that's a type of organization that mm -hmm. makes you save time, actually, mm -hmm. because you'll, you'll, you won't practice just in the, no. uh, yeah, yeah. In the mm -hmm. air. You'll no, be like, no. that's my goal. That's what she wanted me to do. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. What was the one thing that shocked you the most in your first year that really was different from when you were in pre-college and high school? Shocked me. I don't know. I think personally, I thought it would be so difficult that I worked. I worked too hard, you know. I see. You thought it was right, so it didn't meet the the expectation. It was lower, so well, to speak. Well, no, no, just I had, I had first semester. I was I had very good grades. Sure. Because I thought. That's going to be hard. Because you got to prep, 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 I have prep, to be... prep like crazy. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I was so intense right. that I, and then I realized maybe I don't need, like, I want good grades, but maybe I can yeah, <laughs> take a breath a, a little bit. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit uh, nervous about uh, university and I thought mm. maybe, mm. I, yeah, but I think it's better to be, to uh, overestimate Oh my gosh, yeah. The workload then mm. underestimate it, you know. Mm. Even now, you know, in my life, when I have overestimated myself and being a bit cocky, like, oh, I don't need to practice for this. <laughs> Usually, it didn't. Right. Well, okay. sometimes it was okay, but the times where I really didn't like it, usually yeah. it's because I was yeah. a bit cocky. Oh, I don't need to. Right. So mm. I tend like, I learned from those little experiences that mm -hmm. were not so cool that... That you should embrace your older self because you're always just, prepping and that's Let's just be ready, you yeah, know? Yeah, just be ready. Let's yeah. just be ready and this right. way you're sure. Um, uh, Kelly, Kelly Chu, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, can you talk about fast and even fingerings? Fast and, and even. even. You know, I would, I would say metronome helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And making like patterns and playing scales and patterns, different types of scales. Uh, a metronome um, can help wonders because it establishes, so, uh, you know, the foundation. Yeah. If it's uneven, so often it's because you practice fast all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to slow down. And for that, you'll need your metronome because mm -hmm. 
it will keep you from going faster, mm. I think. Because usually uneven fingers, it's because you don't control the fingers anymore because you're oh, but always going fast. you were saying how to, how, to, how to get even fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. Just, so it just means, yeah, yeah. Well, keep your fingers close to your flute. Mm -hmm. Don't lift them too much because you lose time and you lose... Uh... So that's the first thing. And then when you practice scales and uh, exercises, pick one for the week maybe and work on it a lot so you develop automatisms with mm. that scale. When you have passages in a piece that are difficult, practice them at different speeds and you can even practice them with different rhythms so you, you change the rhythm and you can also change the articulation sometimes if it's slurred you practice it tongued if it's and uh, yeah you use a metronome you practice different mm -hmm. different speeds so not always fast no. once in a while you go back to slow just to make sure you're in control and um, if you have difficulties with your fingers sometimes Focusing more on the fingers that are lifting than on mm -hmm. the fingers that are going down is helpful. Oh, yeah, that's super helpful. Because yeah, it's more thing. easy to uh -huh. to lower the fingers than to lift them. That's right. <laughs> so you need a little bit more mental energy on those fingers going up. That's what I yeah, see that's for now. Yeah. Like when you don't see the person, you have to go with the generalities. Uh -huh. you know? Exactly. Um, what do we got here? Like I said, if you have any questions, let us know in the comments and we'll definitely get to those. Um, also, if your fingers are holding the flute, it's not going to be... Mm. Like, you have to hold the flute in a way that your fingers are not holding it. Like, except the thumb of the right hand and the... But, I mean, the fingers that are actually playing the notes shouldn't be holding the flute. They should be free to move. Sure. Exactly. Uh, Michael Lee wants to know what happened to the Flute Center of New York reviews. Oh, we still do them. Like, there's like what twelve of them on our website, or twelve of them on the channel. But uh, we do them in big sets, so we might go back and do some more if there's uh, enough people uh, interested, and also if we have the time and funds and yeah, stuff like that. Because we have to get there. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, if you guys don't know about that, if you're looking for a flute to buy, you have to, and I think you should always go to the Flute Center of New York because they have the largest selection there and it's pretty amazing. And if you use our code TFC, that directly helps us with the purchase uh, by, it gives us money so we can do stuff like this. And um, you get, if you use the code TFC, you get to try out the three flutes and you get to, uh, it's free shipping as well. Oh, excuse me, as well. And you and, have an uh, extended warranty. Extended warranty. Instead of the 12 month, the traditional 12 month, you have an 18 month one. So mm -hmm. this is worldwide. So if you use our code TFC, you can go on flutes for sale, the number four, uh, dot com. So flutes for sale.com. You can go there and, tr and, uh, Get some flutes, try them out, see which one you want. And uh, like I say, you can try it up to 10 days. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, and they have um, used and new. Oh, yeah, they have used they flutes. Have yeah, it's they have used and new flutes, the largest collection. Yeah. They have every brand you can think of. And, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, that's pretty uh, yeah. awesome. And then also, like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, who are... Oh, yeah, okay, this is a good one. Um... Do we have uh, do we do we have any good flute YouTubers that we can recommend? Oh, I don't know. Nina Perlov's all right. Like her stuff is she doesn't make any more content really, but she's pretty good. Like she was my inspiration for a lot of like how to. 
talk about how talking about flute can be something useful on video. Mm-hmm. It's uh, super interesting. Um, are we also there's subscribe. Different ones, there's so they, many different ones. They do different things. Yeah, they there's so many different ones. Bavani's nice things. too. Like Bavani does very cool, interesting stuff. Her music videos are very cool. Like the production value is really interesting. Um, there's so many. There's a lot. Um, you know, there's even like there's a guy who right recently uh, who's Swedish or Finnish, and he's um re-uploading all the Marcel Moise classes that he did in that country in the 60s and 70s. So he's transferring all those cassettes to oh, those things amazing. so he can listen to him teach. And the fidelity is really good uh, and listen to. I guess can't remember the channel's name, but uh, if you look on our subscription list, I think our subscriptions, who we subscribe to is public. So you can check out who we subscribe to and process elimination. You can check where which one it is, but I'll, I'll leave that in the description when I find it. And I think even our liked videos are public, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I saw that. Super good. It's, super it's good. Cool. Super good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also like Team Recorder. It's not Flute, but she's very good. Team Recorder, the recorder player. Mm -hmm. I've never seen anybody take the recorder and make it something that is so approachable. You know, everyone's played the recorder, you know, to a certain extent, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. of uh, Kodai. Oh. Was it Kodai? Kodai that? Orf. No, Orf. Orf did Orf, it. Yeah. Orf likes like everyone's got to play recorder. But, yeah, I we knew there were virtual tools of the recorder. Of course. But, yeah, it's cool that she brings it to yeah, the in, in the everyone front, in that the front form. and center. Yeah, yeah, in that form. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely look at that because there's a lot of good information about Baroque and stuff like that because uh, yeah. I think she lives in Europe. So, you know, they live and breathe that stuff there for Baroque music. So they... It's good information. There's good information here. There's good information yeah, everywhere. I think right now you but I think she's in that yeah. world, and it's very interesting when you hear her kind of. It's just the approach. It's just like the way she talks about it. It's very like, it's not a foreign language when when she talks about it. It's not like somebody's talking alien to you when you talk oh, about music. Very you know, good in her channel. it's very interesting. So yeah, those are my those are those two I think, and uh, oh those several ones mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. What else do we got here? So many great questions today. Somebody wants to know what is your zodiac. <laughs> My zodiac? Yeah. <laughs> Aries. Aries. <laughs> oh, Michael Mendez wants to know, um, do you practice standing or sitting down on a chair and what impacts, uh, and what are the impacts of which positions? I always, I usually play standing up. Yeah. I usually do. I like practicing sitting yeah. down. I practice standing up for the first I like standing against the wall and practicing. And sometimes I like practicing in the dark. 15 yeah. years, the first 15 years I practiced standing. And nice. then I realized, why am I doing that? I can practice sitting down. And yeah. uh, just when I'm really practicing for the concert, then I mm -hmm. stand up, you know. Right. Because yeah. if, hmm. yeah, I think it depends. It depends. I don't have I like a, a strict regimen. I just always did that. In university who was like, I don't believe in practicing sitting down. I don't believe in practicing and walking around. You have Chella to sit down all the there. time. Chella sit down all the time. Well, in order like, to come try, on. you sit down in chair and you sit down. And I don't. You have to Sometimes stand there and be and be still and play the flute for like yeah, an hour. <laughs> I like walking around when I practice. Oh yeah, I walk around when I practice as well too. And why shouldn't I? You yeah. know. Hey, that was so stressful. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. one way to do it. Mm -hmm. It's like this. And and mm -hmm. why is that? I never got the answer. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. 
I think yeah. whatever makes you feel comfortable, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel I get less tired and then I can practice a bit longer sure. like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah. sometimes I feel like standing up. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like sitting down. Of yeah. course, if I'm practicing for a concert and the concert is next week, I'm going to start practicing a few times standing up right just get the feel of it and stuff like that yeah just get the feel of it because like yeah but when i'm learning the Mm -hmm. piece usually i'm sitting down right you like standing i like standing and sometimes i like playing against the wall so i can reposturize myself and stuff so i know that things are where they're supposed to be for me and i like playing in the dark i'm a heavy heavy advocate about playing in the dark sometimes so that you can really kind of just listen of what the sound is like and how you can control it and stuff because we we're, we're constantly bombarded with with distractions sometimes and we kind of get in the zone but sometimes we put some things on autopilot that we could work on while we're you feel you're more, more aware yeah exactly i and used to learn of... all my stuff by by heart oh not necessarily and play yeah. by memory right because i thought i was more aware mm-hmm. because i was just relying yeah. on my ears and my memory yeah. i was not using my eyes right it wasn't and a memory technique it was I just uh, but yeah no no but right, right, right. Dark, i understand what you mean reading. yeah you're not reading so yeah, it's yeah. kind of the same thing yeah so when i was younger i, I have used a photographic memory so maybe it's something different because yeah. i didn't well you still can't read if you're in the dark unless i can see it in my brain that's how yeah you're playing by memory then right i know yeah yeah <laughs> so you're just <laughs> saying the same thing as i'm saying but i guess yeah so yeah, it was. I felt I was more aware of what mm-hmm. I was doing. I don't need that anymore, though. Mm-hmm. But some people play by ear. I just want to go back to that. People also play by ear and don't know how to read sheet music. So there is by ear and then by memory, like seeing it without even seeing it. It's yeah, crazy. but it ends up being the same thing. Yeah, yeah. true. Oh, end results always. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So hopefully that helps the impacts of which positioning. Well, there's like if you know how to sit properly in a chair, like there's Alexander technique which teaches you how to sit in a chair and how to get out of a chair and how to do different things like that. You know. Yeah, you have to keep it. I don't like watering that down, but yeah. No matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. we have a pretty good video about posture, and I think it teaches standing Mm -hmm. and sitting. Mm -hmm. And um, even for me, I have like my feet are not so great. Mm -hmm. So sitting down, usually my posture is a bit better, I think, mm. for the long term. Mm. Somebody was saying Machiavellian exercises in Trevor Wise books are are very good for even fingers. Yeah, the Machiavellians, I use those once yeah. for a couple but they're, times. But they're advanced. They're super advanced, yeah, and I think there's even more Because I don't know the easier. level of the person who asked the question. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think the the book, uh, the... the, the um, Tefano Gobert book is good. You know, that can be approached so to beginners as well. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think we don't have to work on that much technique. Mm-hmm. Like once you know your major minor scales, arpeggios, and scales mm-hmm. and thirds. Mm. Yeah. Like, mm. then you can play pieces, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Because what's going to happen next? You mm-hmm. know, what's... Mm. You can build your technique playing repertoire as well. Yeah. Yeah. And studies and, you know. Mm. Um, German Hales, he wants to know, um, I've always used cigarette paper to clean my pads. I saw your flute myth video. Are you saying not to dry your pads? Uh, sort of. Like, the way people have been taught to do this is to bring this cigarette paper. And you shouldn't use cigarette paper. Uh, you should try to get the, like, their Yamaha makes a, a pad thing that's, 
pretty much uh, there's pretty because there's glue on it and the the way they produce it there's glue on it and you can, you're gonna get glue on your cleaner pads yeah. uh by mistake you never know even if you don't get the glue side there's actually glue particulates on the whole entire thing in the factory process so don't use cigarette paper but when you put a say the yamaha cleaning papers you put that there you, you people have been taught to close it then pull you don't close and pull you just close release and then, <laughs> and then you take it out yeah. and then you take it out without it touching the pads because you're introducing friction and those bladder pads or whatever type of pads you have unless you have special pads but most pads friction you lose material and then eventually they split they and then rip. you they yeah. rip and then that's it and then you're done so if there's a lot of moisture uh usually pads don't get sticky they only get sticky when you've um, eaten something sweet before drunk something sweet any of those types of things um, because usually um, the condensation goes right down the tube uh, where there's no pads it bypasses the flaky and everything like that it's supposed to be a steady stream and then you technically don't the pads don't react towards that because the condensation doesn't go up but to let's the risers. See, you took your flute upside down right if you hold it differently if you don't yeah. hold it the right wind then exactly it goes on the right pads. and that goes to how yeah. you should hold the flute you should hold it because you can cause huge problems with the, with the keys on top all the time right exactly because though that 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 liquid could go into your e-flat key if you hold it wrong or in another or in your foot joint where e-flat is and then you get water in there and then you can't play anything and then you have to blow out the you know you have to do the clarinet thing blow out the mm -hmm. the, the, the 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 liquid so yeah, that's that's really it. Just make sure you don't close and pull. You close, release, pull, and you only do it once or twice, and then eventually it'll go away. It doesn't. If it doesn't go away right away, wait a little bit. If it's still the exact same type of stickiness, get a new fresh, uh, or another side of that that paper. Maybe and also do it again. just clean your flute. Take it apart and take all the water out. Right, right, but I mean, the the, like the, if, the sticking is coming from the. I know, yeah, but yeah. like because maybe if it, there's already a lot of moisture. Oh yeah, sure, I, sure, yeah. You can definitely, yeah, also clean it out so it's, it has a better chance of not absorbing it, more yeah. moisture because once a pad is absorbing, it continues to absorb yeah. if there's if there's liquid. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely, please. <laughs> That's why I made that video. <laughs> so I was like, people are doing it wrong, and some people use dollar bills, and some people use things that have ink and abrasives and oh. it, it's really bad for pads really bad for pads cigarette pads is a very 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 bad one to use um yeah uh what else is there that's good different impacts blah 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 sorry Ooh, i prefer people prefer standing up some people which is uh which is nicer off offset g open hole or inline g open hole depends on your hand yeah uh matthew yours really? is upset mine's offset mine yeah. is in line and i'm still not happy with offset. i really want it even more offset you know i wanted it so offset so that i can like sometimes i just can't get them in specific spots like there's some flutes that keys are actually moved differently yeah, and are completely ergonomic that flute that's, yeah and even alexa alexa has uh extended keys that are soldered jewelry soldered on some of the keys and some people other people i know too that do that so that's completely ergonomic to where the hand is so the hand doesn't have to the fingers don't have to reach you know because you add tension when you reach oh, yeah. and you, you really want to get you really want to have a flute that really fits your natural hand position um once you find what that is and then 
because well, it's, it's, it's super important. It's more natural to upset G. Yeah. So but, for some people, some big tall people and uh, people with large hands, inline works perfectly because they have, and also it depends on where you're from because different parts of the, where you're from in different parts of the world, your hands are differently made. Like some fingers are longer than other people's fingers, I've noticed. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's also linked to uh, some hormones during the pregnancy, the, that long, too. the length of the yeah, fingers. Yeah, that too. Yeah. If you have more estrogen or more testosterone during right. that specific time, part, time yeah. Some fingers will be longer and right. some, but like for me, uh, because I started on an inline G and never had problems, I always kept it that uh -huh. way. Cause when I take a up, upset, mm -hmm. I usually don't, you know, cause my brain yeah. is used to putting my finger in a certain place and then it's different. Absolutely. So I'm like, why would I change that? Mm. If it works fine for me, I don't have a problem with that. Exactly. But yeah, I I think neither is if better. I was they both starting now. Maybe I would <laughs> yeah. I would use the up, upset because yeah. it's probably more ergonomic. Ergonomic, but like sound wise, it's really the oh, same. Sound wise, sound -wise identical, same. so it doesn't improve sound or anything like that. Um, what else we got here? I'll probably get strawberries with my next flute. Yeah, strawberry pads are all right. Like you know. They're expensive, and I, yeah, I like traditional pads still very much, and they're cost-effective, and they're cheap, and they keep the sound the way I like it. <laughs> I, I, I have actually, rec actually, my, the flute I had, I converted it from regular pads to Strawbinger, then reconverted it back to regular pads, and I think it even sounds better now with regular pads than it did, ever did with Strawbinger pads. Yeah. It's very interesting. But there's also other uh, pads that are synthetic. These are all synthetic types of pads, not the felt pads. So these are like really, uh, they have to be perfectly flat. And, you know, most flutes, unless you're at the super high level handmade, they're not, the tone holes are not flat. There's real impu impurities in, in the craftsmanship, even $10,000 flutes. So they have to individually grind and lose material on each tone hole to make them perfectly flat for those pads to even work. Because if they're if there's one single so thing wrong, so then each time you change them, you you get some of that metal. It depends on the wear, right? Depends on yeah. how much is worn out. Usually, when you re get those types of pads, those synthetics, it's usually a quick process. But yeah, there's sometimes there's a yeah. But it's really the the conversion, converting it. If it's from a flute system, because some flute makers like Brandon and other people like that. They make the flute specifically for those pads, so they already read. They they try to make those those tone holes as flat and as mm -hmm. as possible. But if your flute was not meant right. to be like that, converting it that is can, okay. I understand. Converting it can be can be a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a risk. It's a risk. It's a bit real risk because you lose material for sure. You lose uh, silver material on the flute. When you lose material, less less react, less response, less a lot of things. You lose mm -hmm. response. You don't gain. Sometimes you gain, but it all depends where. But in those respects, you don't. That's what I. That's in my experience, at least. So it shouldn't be a end in itself to have strawberry pads. Yeah, exactly. I still think depends on your yeah. flute and yeah. the I think brand yeah, and all those yeah. things. Yeah, I think most people are a bit picky though. But I mean, like felt pads are amazing too. You can't uh, go wrong with felt pads. They've been around forever. Um, what else we got here? 
Uh, less control when it's in What flutes do we own? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, we own a couple flutes. We own, like, what, two Yamaha flutes? You have a Sankoi flute and a piccolo yeah. and a Sankoi... No, not no, a Sankoi piccolo. piccolo. The Yamaha, Yamaha piccolo. So we have three Yamahas. The flute is a Sankoi. Sankoi auto, yeah. Amazing flute. Yeah. And you have a Sankoi regular flute, too. Like a Sankoi. Yeah, with yeah. a Wimberly head joint. Yeah. yeah. So we have, like, five, six flutes, seven flutes-ish. Five? Five flutes. Uh, we want a bass flute eventually. Yeah, we want a bass flute, yeah. <laughs> whenever that happens. When we will have money for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... What else do we got here? What do you think? Okay, what do you think of a professional or very advanced student playing a beginner instrument? Oh, I know. I, I don't. Uh, people do that. A lot of doublers do that. I knew a guy in an orchestra in Europe that played on a Yamaha 221 in orchestra his whole career. No, as a professional? Yeah. And he's playing in an orchestra. Playing in a orchestra. Like we and doublers few, too. We tried a few flutes uh, that were different price range. Yeah. And I think if the flute is well maintained, is th the real problem is when a flute doesn't. Um, no, and it doesn't uh, close very well mm -hmm. when it's not well adjusted. Yeah. Then it's a problem. Yes. But if it's a good flute and it's well maintained yeah. and it closes well, mm. the mechanism is solid and it's mm. moving well and mm. it's, you know, you don't want to no. against it. No, but no, if no. it's smooth and yeah. I don't know. I also know people who play on old, old, old Haynes's that are, that were budget Haynes's, you know, back in the day. Still plays great. Like that one, we played on a Haynes from the 1950s that was being, that was for sale at, at Twig, remember? And it was great sounding had a special sound. had a really special sound totally yeah. it all depends right so yeah and like the flutes built being built now by the main companies like pal and all those things the for budget is actually extremely great quality like that flute if you put a hundred years ago would be the best flute yeah. of that time <laughs> let's understand that you know it's really that the craftsmanship is super high now but i've seen students that had real bad flutes so oh, it's yeah. not just the level like it's Dimitri. not that it's a, <laughs> really it's not that it's a it's not that it's a um, beginner flute. It's a no. bad flute. It's a bad flute, yeah. It's, it's not not made well. It's it's not made well or mm -hmm. it's broken, you know, and it would be so expensive to fix. And then when they change to a better one, wow. Mm -hmm. Everything gets better and their motivation to play as well. Because if you're fighting against the instrument and you're better than your instrument and you can't, mm -hmm. you can't get the sound that you should mm -hmm. get mm -hmm. and the... You have to mm. press hard to get the mm. notes. Like that, where's the pleasure? You know, mm. you have to have an instrument that's mm. gonna Vin make you happy. Yeah, vintage H flute. He said he bought a G extension plug, so a plug that I guess you plug in yeah, and extends I saw it. Yeah, that. Yeah, for that's so for cool. his Haynes flute, and he said it was a big improvement. Yep, those things are, you know, the uh, modifying your flute should be encouraged if you're feeling pain if you're feeling these types of things because the flute is made for a particular hand you know like the way it is it's like not even made for a human <laughs> not, not being saying, that's not even made for you yeah it's really not made. yeah it's, it's a crazy instrument <laughs> it's not yeah. made like yeah exactly really put yeah. out of that position Seriously. you know whatever can yeah. help yeah really feel better let's why not do that <laughs> why would we make ourselves suffer if we can 
be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's no point in suffering. Mm. German Hales wants to know, and I think you're going to have lessons with him next week. Oh, yeah. yeah. He wants to know about solder versus drawn tone holes. Hermann. Hermann. Sorry, yeah, Hermann. Sorry, because it's, uh, right, right, you're right, Hermann. sorry. Hermann. <laughs> he wants to know soldered versus drawn tone holes. Is there any real difference other than manufacturing? Yeah, there's a big ma- a big difference because those drawn and and um, drawn tone holes and solder tone holes, solder tone holes are soldered on, so uh, and drawn are actually pushed. So if you draw on tone holes on the press, it's actually being pressed from the original tube up, so it's stretching the the silver or the metal around the joints there, which is causing a big tension. So when you play, um, the free, like the the momentum and stuff reacts differently than when they just have a tube they cut a hole in it they don't press anything and then they bring another little small piece which is the tone hole and they solder it there and that way all the tension in that metal tube is way less than when they press it and stretch the metal out so you get a better sound I guess? yes you get a better sound and uh, the tone My tube doesn't have that nah let me see uh, no, no. Pretty sure it's not. Yeah. But it all depends, you know. That's a. Uh, but I mean, in in respect, it's really. Um, Can you really it's hear a, it's, the? It's, it's make make flutes faster. That's why they did that process. Yeah. Make flutes faster. Um, but they're still good flutes. Oh, they're still excellent flutes. There are a lot of great flutes that are built that way. The techniques are different from from maker to maker on how they do drawn tone holes mm-hmm. and solder tone holes uh like i said with solder so you could have a flute that's drawn tone holes that would sound better than a solder tone hole yeah it was super possible depending on how it was yeah made. exactly exactly it's not just the technique it's the person yeah it's the person or the yeah, yeah. the make yeah exactly the maker. the maker um because i don't know all their processes but like yeah with soldered it's really a matter of the tube itself is not being uh, disturbed. It's just really being cut holes. So it's really that. And also, solder tone holes have the, the cups, they're more, uh, the attention to it being very flat is a lot more than with a drawing. Because when you draw it, you're drawing out, but there's yeah. impurities, and then you got to fix the impurities and like of the evenness yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So, all depends. All depends. Yeah. Um, but they're not necessarily better, like we said. They, they, it all depends on a lot of different things. Um, yes, yeah, that's one aspect of the flute making. Yeah, but there's so much more. Exactly. What else is here? Can you say anything about the Breuger system? I've only just heard about it. It's been around for a while. I played on a couple Breuger thing, Breuger flutes, Breuger system. It's like pinless system. If that, if I'm not mistaken, no Brugger mechanic is the mechanic. That's what, That's what Miyazawa does, I think. And it's like it's pinless, so there's That's less. That's not what they use. Also, Brennan. Brennan uses Brugger, yeah. yeah. And it's just like it's a pinless mechanism, so it's a lot more expensive to to, to repair because <laughs> it's a it's different. Uh, uh, there's less different friction. Way of friction. Right? Yeah, there's less friction less moving parts they actually remove i think i think really they remove two or three 
several like two or three so, uh what you can pieces. pick faster i guess it's just mechanisms fast it moves faster so like left hand is a bit faster um you know left yeah, thumb all those types of things so everything's gonna be yeah like everything's faster. just gonna go lickety split quicker and aesthetically it looks different uh there's less material um from what i saw but there's three or four different types of Breuger styles i guess or two or three um but it's a it's a new type of it's not really new because there has been pinless mechanisms built before um but this one yeah it's been it's been uh whatchamacallit uh what's that word uh advertised so well mm. so that everyone knows about it it's been around for a while though but yeah burgers really it's an interesting system it's expensive yeah yeah, that's always that's good. always a thing, right? It's like when you get an expensive car, usually it's more expensive to repair as well because yeah. parts are more expensive. And yeah. Everything, yeah. But it's a good system. It's just yeah. yeah. Exactly. If money is not a problem. Yeah. And there's <laughs> other yeah exactly. And there's other pinless mechanisms, uh, but they're not named Breuger that are different companies that that do it. Like that are other, a bit similar. Yeah, similar. Yeah, exactly. They all have different. I think even Miramatsu had one. Because they, like it's like a patented thing, so they have the name attached Absolutely. to it. So maybe another company wants to do something similar, but they'll patent di a bit differently. I <laughs> yeah, guess. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not so sure. How, I'm not sure uh, what these companies do. No, I'm just <laughs> no, uh, no. trying to. Yeah. I'm just uh, right. Thinking out loud. Thinking out loud, exactly. Uh, what else do we got here? If we, if we miss any questions in the chat, please re-say them because I I can't go back yeah, and down. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's a bit tough to read through all of them. Um, really good flute. Uh, what do we got here? Mendez pressing on the keys. I think that's about it. If we did miss something, please please do that so that we will look at it. But I'll just look here. I think that's all. Everything. That's uh. What was the other thing that uh, I saw one that was a really good question? I just can't remember where it is. Oh, how does someone get hired for an orchestra? So there's a usually a post that's uh, no they 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 put an addition and right notice. and there's there's like, a great website for that too. Um, Musicalchairs.info. Well, part of the of the guild, right? Or the union? Yeah. You get those notifications yeah. from professional orchestras. Usually, yeah. And you don't like. At least here in Quebec, the guild, they don't ask anything. They don't ask for a degree mm -hmm. or any. No. You just pay. Just show your, up and pay. You just pay. You pay the, part pay of the, the guild. Yeah. yeah. And also, yeah. And then you get all those notices of yeah. orchestral editions. Yeah. And then you send your resume usually to the orchestra because they, yeah. they want to have people who, like, they don't lose your, their time with people who can't play. They mm -hmm. want minimum. Mm -hmm. And then they say yes. And then they send you their... They mm -hmm. send you the repertoire. Mm -hmm. You practice and you go there. Right. And then you audition usually uh, behind a screen. Yeah. Here with the guild, it's very different than the rest of North America and Europe. Okay. It's uh, a lot of it is really independent. Okay. So there's a website called musicalchairs.info, which has the whole world. And most of the time in other places, you have to pay to to, to audition. Oh, yeah. So there's like audition fees. Like it's not much. It's probably maybe fifteen, twenty bucks sometimes. Oh, okay. You know, um, 
and you have to sometimes you have to email them you have to go on their website of the orchestra themselves register send them a payment then you get your audition time they'll tell you what you need to learn like you said it's it's very similar but a lot of people um yeah use that musicalchairs.info if that's if that's still what it is and it's very very good it shows even competitions and but it shows every single country you can pick the country and it'll show you what's available right now so yeah that's a yeah and you know sometimes they're blind most of them are blind which what is, I've uh, seen is yeah. uh, because usually there's more than one turn. Yeah, there's several rounds, right? Rounds, exactly. yeah. yeah, rounds, right, right. And uh, so you do the first one, and then they pick a few people for the second one. Sometimes there's three. I've never seen more than three. One mm -hmm. or usually two or three. And sometimes the last round is without a screen. Mm -hmm. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, I've seen uh, those two as well. Yeah. Usually the final rounds, usually unscreened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody said they've seen an eight foot recently. Yeah, there's actually a guy uh, on Facebook. He's a maker in Japan, and he's actually making these gigantic B flat. Oh, like A G, B F, like like well, several no, you, keys. You like, don't need to buy an auto no, anymore. But but it's so big. Like one was about that big and had eight keys on it. And then nine keys, and then ten keys, um, and that's being recently built. And like he had to put it on a tripod to be able to play it because yeah, it was just it was just it's just too long. Like it's yeah. very weird because your hands are only here, and the rest of the, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like having another another body on that side that your your hands not there. You're just controlling like ten different keys yeah, on so your. So it's yeah. But imagine micromanaging your pinky to do ten different keys. You know, it's a lot you're, for yeah, a you gotta micromanage it. It was really an interesting flute. I think it's called Aeolian. Aeolian but something like I that. was wondering because I'm learning a piece no. by Duplat right now, and there are B flats, and they're like B flats. Yes. One. Yeah. Yes, yes. And my flute stops at the B. Yeah. So I was like, wow, did the Dopplers have a B flat on that? Certainly flutes? did. Yeah. That was. I wanted to ask you that. Yeah. You so should put a piece of paper. Just just tape a piece of paper around it you just type a piece of paper about two inches three inches and you'll get b flat <laughs> yeah whatever but some people also just there's an put, alternate they also thing. yeah there's an alternate but a lot of people do that but yeah there was yep there definitely was back then they were just making flutes for whatever it wasn't and it was so cheap back then for those types of people it was just like yeah yeah the jeweler would just or the maker would just make yeah. it like here you go and they would have boxes like i think the doctors they had a suitcase full of different things yeah you know? for joints yeah, and exactly so yeah um what is the live orchestra scene ah, what is the live orchestra scene where you live well here in montreal we have two or three orchestras well we have even more than that yeah if you think about it yeah, but there's we have a lot of orchestra. osm which is a yeah or the orchestra, orchestra montreal yeah the montreal orchestra ms uh mso in english montreal yeah, symphony orchestra. yeah montreal symphony orchestra and uh, then you have Orchestra Metropolitan. Yeah, the Metropolitan Orchestra, yeah. Then you have a, a lot of pocket orchestras. Yeah. yeah, and then you have other professional orchestras that are just in the outskirts, right. like the South Shore and then yeah. the North Shore. Yeah. And uh, but they have full seasons. Every region yeah. has a little orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. OSM is the only one that has a true full season, which is like three times a week almost. Like they have oh, the yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah, and where you. All the other mm -hmm. ones. You know, for musicians, it's tough. You know, cause uh, yeah, mm. you don't you don't 
play that much and you, know, you don't get that mm -hmm. much. But OSM, yes, they're mm. they're good. Yeah. They have the, the good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're, before we answer a couple more questions, I just want to make sure let everybody know about uh, a couple things. And the uh, first thing is obviously Flute Center of New York. If you guys want a new flute, we mentioned that before. And if you're looking for a new flute, go to Flutes for Sale, the number four. Uh, dot com flutesforsale.com and you can use our code tfc they have the largest collection of new and used flutes in the world so you can uh try up to three flutes with them using our code and try it up for 10 days up to 10 days and once you pick your flute you get an extended warranty of up to eight or two you have an 18 month warranty so uh, be sure to check them out at flutesforsale.com and then um also we have our patreon you can check us out on patreon.com we're revamping it but it's definitely something that you should uh, if you want to help us more you should consider you doing that there where you can do a monthly donation as little even as a one dollar and that helps us make more content so you can go to patreon.com slash the flute channel and that's there also we have emily's opening up her online studio you already have a couple of students already uh, yeah. so you can email us for that um uh, at info at the flutechannel.com and we can let you all let you know all about that information for uh, for having an online lesson with her you can uh, buy packages there's all different types of options for different types of people and um, it's a lot of fun you've been liking yeah. it it's pretty good I like it yeah I, I love teaching so yeah teaching yeah it's uh, you the love Skype it. thing is new for me but it works yeah it works well. very it works super well and uh, yeah it's really great and then also we have our flute festival, which is in about one month, yep. a little under a month, which is the Montreal Flute Festival. Uh, you can go to montrealflutefestival.com uh, where you can sign up if you want to come still. We still have positions available. It's a three-day festival, August 15th, 16th, and 17th. That's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, and it's only 250 bucks. It's pretty fun. It's our third one. Uh, we do it every summer. And Alexa Still will be there, who's from Oberlin Conservatory, who's a great teacher and very nice person. And Emily will also be there teaching as well, uh, the morning classes as well. And um, we have a concert. And we have a concert the on the end as well. It'll be a, a nice gala concert as well. And it's in the heart of Montreal. So if you guys, if you feel that there's something you want to go and do for the summer last minute trip, this is definitely something that's very affordable and very fun. And uh, you get to learn. You can choose to play. You can also choose not to play. It doesn't matter. It's the same price for both. It's just a first come first serve of who wants to actually, if you actually want to play. So there's still some positions left for uh, master classes, which is a, a group. Uh, it's like a, a group lesson. Like you play in front of your peers. In the afternoon. Yeah. And in yeah. the morning, it's a real group lesson with everyone playing together sometimes. Like, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes just questions. A bit like this. Yeah, exactly. But live, and but I can live, actually yeah. see that person. And, when and get you asks, on stage and actually do things sometimes, you know. Or sometimes and if people are shy, they can Some stay. people do, some people don't. Or they stand where they are. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Sometimes they stay where they are. Totally. Sometimes they stand It's up. so but organic. It's, it's crazy. It's a bit uh, improvised. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but exactly. I prepare stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, I prepare yeah, a little warm-up, right, right. and I prepare. But I'm very open to... Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, organic. It's organic, exactly. So, yeah, you can definitely check that out at MontrealFluteFestival.com. And uh, sign up yeah. if you're interested. Because, you know, it's all about the people who are there who were there for them. So that's why I want to keep an open mind. Absolutely. Because I want to give them what they want. If uh -huh. I come in knowing already what's going to happen, then there's no place for them in a uh -huh. way, you know. Uh -huh. So I leave a little space for that. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. So we got about three more questions. We'll do about three or four more questions, and then that'll be the end of the podcast today. Thanks for everybody to wa- who's listening and who's watching right now. You guys are amazing. It's awesome. Um, Al, uh, Al Rimorin. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Um, let's say I, I am an adult beginner. Can I get a step up, intermediate, or pre-professional flute so I don't spend twice the amount for upgrading from a beginner flute? Yeah. Of course. Totally. Yep. Yep. Totally. I have a student who oh yeah changed her flute and then at first she wanted a cheaper flute and then when she got there she fell in love with the flute that was a bit more expensive but she thought whatever I'll have mm-hmm. it for my whole life like you can't get much better than that and she's mm-hmm. super happy I think it was a good move because you you lose when you sell and you rebuy and you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah if you like one and you have the budget why yeah, not totally. instead of losing money yeah. and going back and forth yeah exactly you can definitely talk like i said call the flute center of new york they, they talk they're all flutists there they're all flutists there they all know what they're talking about they can help you with selecting stuff over the phone as well and then you can still use our code even over the phone yeah and don't forget. Uh, don't forget to use our code tfc please it helps us a lot <laughs> and uh yeah so hopefully that helps um what else do we guys got uh oh how do you okay yeah the master class it's uh um it's three days long uh august 15th 16th 17th montrealflutefestival.com drive up here and uh, get a hotel airbnb hang out with us we get to hang out all together for three days it's a lot of fun and uh full days of flute it's pretty cool so yeah montrealflutefestival.com okay um i'm planning to become a music youtuber soon any advice (laughs) okay yeah there's people ask me that a lot oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah yeah people ask that a lot especially live when i go to those youtube events and stuff uh be consistent uh know do what you really enjoy and just do that that way you'll be at least as happy as you can be when you're actually doing those things that helps um look at other youtubers try to get inspiration from how they do things de- deconstruct how they do things learn online most of the things can be learned online in regards to video production. Um, and remember, you're, you're, you're making content that's gonna necessarily be read on a small little screen. So you're not gonna be, not many people watch on a desktop anymore. They usually just watch on their phone or tablet. So don't get too crazy about how your gear and stuff like that. A lot of gear can make good quality phone stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what you already have, an yeah, iPhone or something like that. Most people are not going to watch on a TV. No, they're uh, not, yeah. 12, uh, 4K. Exactly, yeah, 4K <laughs> and 8K and all that stuff, yeah. exactly. If you have like an iPhone, get a get a tripod that can have the iPhone connect on there so it's perfectly steady. That way you're going to have an image that's going to work really well. I think the sound. Too. And sound, because what? if you're doing a music thing, if you're doing a yeah. music, that's where you're going to invest the most amount of money. What bugs me the most when I watch on YouTube some, when I watch something and it's mm-hmm. the sound, the oh, yeah. image I can deal oh, with. Oh yeah, it. the image can be horrible, but if the sound is oh, amazing, right. I'll watch. I'll still listen. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. Not the, the other way around. If it's a great image and it sounds awful, I'm done. I'm yeah. not gonna watch because that. Because it's kind of. Uh, I guess we're all lazy. You know, it's an extra <laughs> effort to be. Like, what are they saying? What are and yeah. Mm. So I lose interest when yeah. the sound is not good. Exactly. So yeah, invest in a good microphone um short condenser microphones are good 
and also long shotgun microphones are good for for video because you can put them right in the right before the shot begins and that way you can really get your good sound or clip on some people do clip on they really like that too but uh yeah there's a lot of great videos out there that teach you how to basically start up and um get your skills up on how to uh, if you're making like a music theory course maybe you're going to be doing stuff with after effects and stuff like that you want to kind of learn those things a little bit but yeah just be consistent as well you know make a schedule that's realistic to you if you only release once a month make sure that video is the best video you can make that month if you can make four a month that's great too but don't make uh so many that you're gonna be stressed because mm -hmm. you're sharing this this knowledge that you have this appreciation or love or whatever type of thing it is you want to show that hopefully that helps uh can you say something about transitioning from advanced student to professional anyone can get paid to play but actually sounding professional is a different thing hmm well i think usually it's um it's a smooth transition in the way that I think so too. I don't think there's a defining getting... moment yeah. at all. There never was for me, no defining moment. And you start getting paid. Yeah. Like I started getting paid to play quite young. Yeah, me too. Just playing different little things, yeah. but uh sort of the business sense of it kind of kicking in, you know, you got to be like this is what I'm worth, you know, and you it's about the attitude too yeah. because you know that is a, you yeah, would totally. think that yeah. us as musicians we really analyze everything but for a non-musician you can sound professional even if you're not in a way you know mm -hmm. i don't want to like i still think we should get the best sound and do the sure but you know i think being being confident and being professional in our art our attitude as well is, uh -huh. uh, is exactly because sometimes when we're only with other musicians we over over analyze maybe uh -huh. and maybe that that cuts on our confidence another thing i think is we wait for others to tell us that oh yeah that it's are, time yeah it's you have time. to get no don't and, let validation is for parking yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry validation is for parking and if you wait for that if you're playing with professionals, that my thing is like if when you're playing with other professionals, that's when you know yeah. if there's anything like that. You know, when you're starting to play with people that are at your level, that are a high level, you're you're in that you're in that realm now. You're there. Yeah. You're there. Well, I had a teacher at one point who said, "You know, I really like giving you lessons, but you're a professional now. You're virtuoso. Mm -hmm. You don't have to come here." Yeah, because the word virtuoso or or uh, what's the other super word? Any of those words? Those are like you know. We put a big big thing on that but it's actually just being able to play everything you need to play you know yeah. like that's it's not this oh he's a he's a prodigy prodigy so he's a virtuoso no no it's no virtuoso, virtuoso is, is the word to, to tell that you can play you can yeah. play anything on your instrument yeah. you master your instrument you master your instrument that's it yeah there's so no prodigyness to it you can come back if you want i like you but mm -hmm. you don't you don't need to you can you're creative you have all the skills just go in the real world and play you know mm. but he was nice enough to tell me <laughs> yeah but you shouldn't have to wait for approval or because yeah that's not really gonna happen i think except if you win a, a orchestral position somewhere but there's so many other ways to be a musician 
that you can build your your own career but if you want to build something then mm. you have to do it yourself no one's going to be like you're good enough now go and do it mm. you have to exactly yeah yeah so i think that's everything for today guys were great today thanks so much for yeah. taking part this was awesome Thank so you. like i said uh be sure to check us out every other week we do this every other week and uh next week we'll be uh just practicing i think hopefully it will be uh something we'll see what do what we'll do <laughs> we'll see hopefully what we'll i'll be practicing something <laughs> yeah maybe an esco maybe sing some maybe vivaldi who knows because yeah. we have some music videos that are going to be coming out in the future also a lot of content will be coming out from the festival as well we're going to hopefully be live streaming some stuff not all of it but some of it um but that's a big maybe um but we have other stuff coming out as well which is great we, we've got some episodes uh done that we're gonna put out and um yeah so we do this every other week and then next week is another just practicing around the same time every sunday i think everyone likes sunday <laughs> yeah and it'll be actually our tw the next podcast we do will be our 20th podcast oh that's cool we've done 20 already crazy 20 podcasts so productive so productive everyone else you go out there and be productive too yeah if, well, you, have, if you have stuff thanks too, for yeah thanks being for, yeah, thanks for being here yeah be exactly exactly and if you guys have also videos and stuff we love seeing some of your videos of how you guys play and stuff like that leave them down in the comments let us know in the comments when this video is done uh, done um if you have anything new anything that you guys want to share and stuff or if you have any recommendations of what we should do next or talk about next let us know down in the comments and if you're new here and you haven't subscribed yet, just found us, be sure to hit subscribe and be sure to like this video as well. If you haven't liked it already, that makes a big help. And also be sure to comment again down below. That also helps us as well. So yeah, I'm Nick. And I'm Amelie. See you guys. Thanks. Bye.